Welcome to the Most True You podcast. I'm your host, Kelly Irene. I was thinking about introducing you in terms of who you are for me, but then I realized that's very me-centered and I would like others to be able to have the opportunity to know who you are as you want them to. So I would like for you to first be able to just introduce yourself as you want to. And then from there, I've got a very specific question for you. Y'all are in for a treat today. I have Ruthie Cohen Joiner with us, and I am going to take a minute to tell you who Ruthie is to me. Ruthie is my mentor and good friend. We met a little, a little less than a year ago, actually, um, after I attended one of her live sessions on Insight Timer. And the healing that I have experienced since I started working with Ruthie has been more than what I could have ever hoped for. Uh, It's just been incredible to see the way that both her um, listening and guidance, but also the tools that she's given me have been so powerful in my own journey. And because of that, and just because she's such a wonderful person, I'm really excited to share this conversation with you today and get back to allow Ruthie to introduce herself. So who am I? Great question. So in my bio, which I actually sent to you, but the way I start it is I am gratefully addicted to tapping, meaning EFT tapping, meditation, hanging out in the Akashic Records, and yoga. So that's kind of the fun things that I'm into. And so I am an EFT practitioner, matrix re-imprinting practitioner, which is an offshoot of EFT, hypnotherapist and meditation teacher. So a little bit of all things. And I work with women specifically. I, I don't work with men or children to help women to find their voice, to feel safe, to put themselves out in the world. And I feel so extremely honored and humbled to serve the fabulous, wonderful women I get to work with. And I am one of those women and love, love, love working with you. Our times together have produced an insane amount of freedom in my life. And you've given me tools that even when we're not talking together, I'm able to use to process things that prior to having those tools, I had no way to process. I just didn't have the resources. So I can give the tools are so cool. Yeah. Yes. I can give a very hearty recommendation (laughs) for working with you. Well, thank you. Yeah. So my question I have for you that I really want to start with is what does it mean for you at this time in your life to live as your most true you? Well, I am almost 60 years old. I'll be 59 in October. And I have heard the term recently and I have adopted it that I am a wow, meaning wiser, older woman. Okay. So the the old archetypal term is crone and that has such a negative connotation to it that I love Wow, because I really feel like I'm at a point in my life where I do have wisdom and I can support people coming into their own power. So at this point in my life, I don't apologize for being me anymore, Mm. where, you know, I used to have my self-esteem was about, you know, teeny teeny, no self-esteem, never felt good enough like so many other women. For me, it was a very body centered, you know, not being thin enough. 
was kind of a lifelong thing. And today I'm honoring who I am and being myself and being my most true self or most authentic self in much bigger ways than I did in my earlier years. So for those of you in your 20s and 30s, I will tell you the 40s and 50s and 60s, I'm assuming 60s, really do get better. Yeah, I love that. So back in January, when we were talking, it was right before my birthday, right before my 39th. And you said to me that, you know, essentially you said, basically, you're already turning 40 because you're finishing up, right? You're now you're finishing up your 39th year. So just like, you know, when you turn one, you're celebrating the fact that you've finished your first year. And at first I was a little bit put off by that. Like, excuse me, I'm not 40 yet. Thank you very much. But what has come out of that for me is it has given me the opportunity to go into 40 very intentionally and really with a lot of excitement that I never anticipated having prior to that conversation and the tapping that we did around that. That was part of the shift for me. But I love the idea of, wow, of the wise older woman that a lot of times when I'm telling people about you, I say, Ruthie's my sage. She is my wise person. And so wise older woman is perfect. I also still like sage. So if you want that, you can keep that. (laughs) I like sage too. Just not crone. Yeah. yeah, I can understand why you wouldn't want Crone. So tell me a little bit about what your journey has been like getting up to this point. So you mentioned some body image, you mentioned lack of self-esteem, you mentioned that you no longer apologize, which makes me believe at one point there were some apologies for you being you. What has this journey oh, yeah. been like to get here? So I don't know how far back you want me to go. I'm going to... Um ultimately leave that up to you. If you want kind of a starting point, I'd say, when did you kind of, when did it begin for you that you started to turn toward your most authentic self? Mm, Okay. So I am going to say in 2009, I found EFT, Emotional Freedom Techniques or Tapping, online on actually Dr. Marcola's website, Joseph Marcola, when I was looking for more diet information. Some backup a little bit. I am a registered dietitian. I became a dietitian or nutritionist because of my own eating and weight issues. So college was undergrad nutrition, grad school nutrition, thinking that when I'm a nutritionist, I'll be thin, that that will fix everything. And It didn't. Obviously, it just made me more obsessed with food and weight and all of that. So that was kind of where the starting point was feeling not good enough about my weight and everything. And then fast forwarding quite a bit to 2009, I found EFT. And then in 2011, the Tapping World Summit, which is February every year, it's free 10-day summit, kind of got me hooked on EFT. And so I started training in January 2012 and became an EFT practitioner and worked with someone specifically on EFT for emotional eating and lost 20 pounds, started feeling better about myself, you know, kind of put my shingle out, started working with women and things were going pretty well. And then life happened some more. I got thrown into menopause unexpectedly. Mm. And then my had had to have a procedure and stuff. And then three weeks later, my nephew, who was 11 at the time, had a stroke and almost died. And I think the physical trauma, if you will, and then the emotional 
with with him. He was in the hospital for three months. It was it was not pretty. It just led to falling apart in a lot of ways, quite frankly. And and it good, you know, when you look back at things, you can say, oh, well, the falling apart was what really led to what is that falling into where you need to do what you need to work on, <laughs> et cetera. So that led to physically just being in really bad shape, went to a functional medicine doctor in 2016 and got this long list of all the things wrong with me. You know, leaky gut, candida, Hashimoto's disease, your hormones are completely out of whack, whatever. And so kind of started that journey into dealing with the physical things that I hadn't been dealing with. And then my sister died in 2017 unexpectedly. And that kind of threw me off again. So... Let's just say, like everybody else, ups and downs, life, yeah. whatever, but that all of those things now I see as gifts. I see those as what have led me to do the work I need to do. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, I'm working on a book. It may be a while, but called The mm-hmm. Gift of Emotional Eating. Mm-hmm. And it's about the fact that emotional eating was my doorway into my spiritual journey. So everybody has different ways of you know, taking that first step of looking at your shit, you know, really yeah. getting into it. And that's, I see it as a gift now. So I'm so glad you're writing or working on a book. Absolutely. I feel like you may have multiple books in you <laughs> if you yeah. wanted them to be there. I, yeah, that's exciting to me. So all of that kind of led you gave you the experiences that you have brought into what you're doing now with the EFT tapping and with helping women who are still, you know, who are challenged with the emotional eating. I know that that's something that you specifically do, you know, various groups on various meditations. I've seen those coming out from you. What are some of the other things, you know, I'm really curious, how did you get into the Akashic records and Mm. how did you learn, you know, about those? Where did that play in? That's a great question, Kelly. There was recently an Akashic Record Summit, and one of the speakers said something along the line of, you don't find the Akashic Records, the Akashic Records find you. And I think there's some truth to that and that I can't really tell you how or why I got into this in the beginning. I know I had a reading with somebody in 2013-14 that I just, somebody on Facebook just kind of caught my attention and So I paid her to do an Akashic Record reading with me. Funny that she doesn't even do that anymore. She's kind of shifted what she's doing. But so I had my first reading and I thought, well, that was kind of interesting. I mean, it didn't do that much for me. And then a friend locally who's not even super close with, but somebody we did a trade. So I did tapping for her. She did an Akashic Record reading for me. And I was like, this is really cool. And so from there, I found... Linda Howe's first book. So Linda Howe, with with an E on the end, H-O-W-E, has written several books about the Akashic Records. And that book, her first book, which happens to be sitting next to me, so I'll just show it to you. Perfect. Is How to Read the Akashic Records. It's the orange book. So I tell people, start with the orange book, because <laughs> her other ones look very similar, but this is okay. the starting point. Really got me interested. And then from there, I did three trainings in, it's either 2018 or 2019, you know, it's before the pandemic. Yeah. And 
one was the first one was online. The second one, I live in North Carolina. And so I went to Asheville for the second one and then flew out to Denver for the third one. And it just, it just comes to me. And I'm still in awe, to be honest with you, Kelly. I am still in awe when I do a reading for someone, what comes out of my mouth and how things will be accurate. I'm not going to say they're perfect. And it's funny, the first person I did the first reading with recently, I, I had a reading with her, I don't know, a year ago, maybe. And I said something, I don't know what's me. And I don't know what's the records. I, I don't know how to tell. And she laughed and she said, nobody can ever tell because you are part of, you know, it's like trying to separate yourself from God. We are God. So you can't separate yourself. Yeah. We are divine. So I've kind of let go of trying to figure it out. And did that come from me or where did that come from? (laughs) So the more I've let go of questioning it, questioning it, the better it goes. And I just did a reading for someone yesterday who said she was just blown away by it. So yeah, I just love it. I love it. So for people watching or listening who are not familiar with the Akashic Records, can you give a brief overview? Yeah, and I'll tell you just from watching or listening to this recent summit, that question was the first question for every speaker, and every answer was a little bit different. So I'll give you my understanding of the Akashic Records. So the way that I describe it to people is if you imagine your understanding of divinity, assuming you believe in however we got here, our creator, whatever that is, is, is the divine. So call it God, universe, source, whatever you want to call it, as a rainbow over all of us, that we are all part of that divinity. And then I see the Akashic Records as like a little thought bubble above your head. And this is where your Akashic Record guides are, meaning that your soul has a journey, your soul however many lifetimes and between the lifetimes, we forget about that part, that your soul is doing its thing. It's chose to come here onto this planet for at this time, for whatever reason, and you do have guidance. So the Akashic records are simply your way of tuning into your guidance. So I see it as your higher self, your Mm -hmm. soul self, and your Akashic Record Guides, which Linda Howe gets into the fact that we have teachers that are here with us for whatever. So if you're going through, say, a divorce or a loss of some type, you have certain Akashic Record teachers that are with you during that time. And then you have loved ones. So people that have passed that are there for you that may or may not reveal who they are. So you may not find out it's Aunt Sue that's talking to you. Most likely you don't in the Akashic Records. And then you've got your, oh, I forget what it's called right now. Your one particular guide, if you will, because that's not quite the right word, but that's with you all the time for your whole soul. Sort of the idea of a guardian angel, but a particular guide that helps you the whole time. We are not alone. We just think we are. Okay, so I want to focus specifically on that for a minute because I want to know for me coming out of a very kind of rigid religious point in this life, anything that related to outside of the body was really pushed off. You know, angels are talked about in the Bible, but they're not really around us. We can't really see them, talk to them. They don't help us because that might be idolatrous to think so or whatever. Having spiritual guides and the Akashic Records, anything like that is just completely like you can't even ask questions about that. It's just 
you don't, you don't talk about it. You don't ask about it. It's taboo. Well, I don't know much about your background with that, but I'm curious to know, was this something that you've kind of always just felt like we're not alone, there's other guides around, or did you have like kind of a process of coming to terms with the fact that our souls have existed and will continue to exist beyond this body and beyond this lifetime and that we do have these other guides around us? That's a great question. I am not one of those people that can say, when I was three years old, I could feel whatever. I I didn't have that experience. If I did, I don't remember it. I'll put it that way. So I didn't have a lifetime of feeling this. This has been much more recent. This has been since I've been opening the Akashic Records for the last three to four years that I've been able to feel that level of guidance. Now, having said that, though, Kelly, I can look back at times in my life where I was definitely guided. I mean, I can tell you a couple stories where I definitely was guided in ways that were beyond, you know, pretty big things. I'm not going to go into the story, but my husband and I were having a discussion about something going on in our life. And we had a magnet on our refrigerator that I could go get and show to you. But anyway, it says angels watching over me. And it's an angel. It's a wooden thing. And it's pretty big. It's what about three or four inches wide and two inches heavy, relatively heavy. Never has fallen off of our refrigerator before or after, but that day when we were having this discussion about my husband should quit his job, it fell off the refrigerator and it didn't fall right in front of the refrigerator. It fell about six feet from the, I mean, it like literally propelled itself into the middle of the room. And we looked at each other and said, okay, obviously (laughs) we're being shown And, you know, we didn't know at the time his dad was going to be in a really bad wreck. It was a good Mm -hmm. thing he was not working and able to be at the hospital and our baby was born. And I mean, just all kinds of things that it was a beautiful time that he had three months off of work when he really needed it. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I mean, that's just an example, but I definitely believe we're divinely guided. Yes. Yeah, I do too. This idea or this recognition specifically of our soul's journey has been huge for me. And I think really helps to kind of, for a lot of people, it helps to open up the reality that our existence does have so much meaning, but it also, this isn't it, right? We exist in this lifetime and this body, but then there's so much more beyond that. That's not just sitting on a cloud with a harp. It's, you know, there's an actual (laughs) existence, that in you know yeah. is adding layers of meaning to where we are now and we'll be adding even more layers of meaning to wherever we are later. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um Brian Weiss's book Many Lives Many Masters is a uh-huh. beautiful beginning place to start thinking about getting guidance in this life and the in between. Mm. Yeah, and and you're right about the people that believe there's only God and you can't talk to angels or whatever. That's one belief. It's valid for the people that believe that. I don't think it's right or wrong. I say the divine because quite honestly, I can't, I don't know. I can't see what's happening. I don't know if there's angels and God and, and, you know, I don't, I don't see God as that white man in the sky meting out punishments anymore. Thank goodness. The patriarchal view of God. (laughs) Not a pretty picture. (laughs) No. By any means. Yeah. Well, I want to know a little bit more about what you do with matrix reimprinting and hypnotherapy. 
So matrix reimprinting and EFT are tools. So let me back up. EFT was before matrix reimprinting. Matrix reimprinting is simply an offshoot of EFT where we go, it's inner child work, or it doesn't have to be a child. It could be you of five years ago, but it's going into whatever situation in the past and being there for your younger self and working with the practitioner to support yourself. So basically, it's the idea that your younger self can get the love, guidance, be seen, be heard, be acknowledged that they needed, which we all needed. And for whatever reason, a lot of us didn't get. A lot of yeah. us were shut down. You know, you're you're too sensitive. You're too loud. You're too whatever. So that's a whole you know, but matrix reimprinting I love because it allows you to go into the past and deal with whatever situation that is affecting you today. So I'm going to give you a client story from yesterday. It's working with someone who is getting ready to take an exam and was really uh, stressed out about it and was able to realize, wait a minute, this was about when I was 12 and my parents were divorced. That, that what I'm feeling now is the same as back then. So we went back and worked with the 12-year-old and it healed what she needed for now and she passed the test today. So, I mean, when she was so stressed out and all freaked out about it, doing the work in the past healed now. Yeah. So the so matrix printing rooms, is like it kind of works hand in hand with the EFT tapping. Yeah. Sorry. Well, we use tapping in the matrix reimprinting. Okay. Yeah. Cause I think I'm, as you're saying that I'm thinking of some specific things that we've done that I'm like, oh, that was probably, I thought it was simply tapping, but there was matrix reimprinting going on with that. Is that right? Yeah. I just don't bother to say, and now we're going to switch to matrix. I don't bother with that. And sometimes hypnotherapy gets entwined in it too. Okay. So my understanding of hypnotherapy and talk to different people, you'll get different answers, is just allowing yourself to get deeply relaxed enough that you can tune into your subcon your subconscious, unconscious, whatever. Because we have a lot of stuff stored that we're not conscious of. Yeah. Besser Vanderkoff's book, The Body Knows the Score, oh, that yeah. we have everything stored within us and we can access it with hypnotherapy and or tapping and matrix reimprinting. They all go hand in hand. Yeah. It's just a way of getting out of your head and getting into what you really need to heal because we all yeah. have stuff we need to heal. Yeah. And when I think about all the different things that you do that you are incorporating, I just see that you are addressing the complexity that is a human being. You know, yeah. whether it's the spiritual, the physical, the emotional, the mental, I mean, those are all together, right? But so often, yes. I think when we um, go to see someone for some form of therapy, at least in my experience, it addresses one of those, maybe two. It can acknowledge the others, but it's not able to weave this, like I see you kind of weaving this beautiful web that is then, you know, kind of... I, don't know, I, have, like, I literally have an image of you weaving a web and that just kind of enveloping someone with healing light and power. And that's a beautiful analogy. <laughs> um, because you are, you've got so many of these different elements that work together so beautifully and so, so powerfully. Well, I personally think since I've added the Akashic Records into what I do, that everything is, you know, kicked up a notch big yeah. time. That it's like 
on steroids, you know, from, yeah. from what it was. And back to the spiritual part, we've been talking about the soul a little bit. I'm doing a retreat in October at Myrtle Beach that's specific for emotional eaters. I will say that the three I've done in the past weren't. So this one's going to be fun to be more specific. But anyway, the title of it is Sacred Union. And it's sacred union between the human messy self and the soul self. And I imagine the soul self, I tell people the treetop view. So literally imagine that there's kind of a hologram of you sitting in a tree, looking down at the human you who's dealing with the, I don't know, road rage and, and you know, oh, I'm on Netflix too much. And, you know, all the stuff that we know yeah. that we do, that we humans do. And we get, you know, sucked into the political stuff. Luckily, not as bad as it was. But anyway, you know, that's the human mess. Yeah. And that if we can kind of pull in the spiritual view, the soul view, the treetop view, then we can kind of be more compassionate with ourselves and more understanding and more, my little saying is, oh, aren't I interesting? I'm you know, whatever again. <laughs> and the, that that saying, aren't I interesting instead of, I can't believe I'm eating ice cream again at night or yeah. whatever it is. You see what I'm saying? It kind of gives you a little... That's a completely separation. different perspective. Exactly. And yeah. in bringing that together, it gives compassion to the human self and gives more, I'm going to say weight, but there's probably a better word to the soul self, giving that part of you a voice and a chance to lead and guide you. In a, yeah, in a bigger Would you way. say more awareness of the soul self? Yes. Thank yeah. you. That's a much better way of saying it. Yeah. yeah. Consciousness. Yeah. I love that because I was going to ask you, you know, for someone who is trying, you know, is becoming more aware of that kind of soul level part of their self, I think there can be a propensity to look at our human self at, with shame, right? Shame is just such a big part <sighs> of our... Yeah living. And so I love this idea of, oh, aren't I interesting? I just flipped somebody off, you know, whatever it is, or your, you know, your example of I was eating ice cream at 9pm when I had said specifically five minutes ago, I was not going to do that. So what else would you say to kind of help reduce or replace that shame? Huh. Interesting you asked that since that that comes up so often. And my friend Deanna and I did a program on shame, two programs actually in the 2018, I think. I think healing shame starts with compassion, Mm. being compassionate with yourself and realizing that what you did at seven years old or 20 years old or whatever, you were doing the best you could with the tools you had at the time. Absolutely. And guess what? You made a human mistake. Oh, well, you know, love that part of you, accept that part of you. And I call it the unholy trinity. This is just my thing that guilt, shame, and embarrassment go together quite often. And the the difference in guilt and shame is guilt is about something you did. Shame is about who you are. So realizing that that shame is much deeper, I think it's the lowest vibration energy that we have. But being compassionate with yourself, understanding that all humans have that and it is healable, it is changeable. It doesn't mean that it'll ever totally go away. Just like I tell people, you're never going to get rid of the inner critic in your head. You just get to go, oh, aren't I interesting? I'm saying mean things to myself again. Hmm. Do I believe this? Is this really true? 
no, I don't have to buy into this anymore. Thank you for sharing. I'm choosing to see this a different way now. I mean, there's all kinds of ways you can kind of talk with that inner critic to lessen its power. Yeah. I love that. And I was, as you were talking about that, I was thinking about that image of when you begin the tapping process and you're tapping on, you know, that karate point, is that what you call it? Mm -hmm. The karate chop point on your hand? Side of the hand. Yeah. One of the things that you say to yourself is, you know, whatever is going on, you're recognizing it. And then there's at least when you've done it with me, there's this recognition of, but I'm choosing to love and accept myself, or I'm choosing to look at this with curiosity. And so there's both the recognition of this difficult thing that's coming up that can often have shame associated with it. And then also this, you know, immediate awareness of, but I'm choosing to accept that I'm choosing to be curious. I'm choosing to make room to explore it. And I'm choosing to love myself in the process. And that's really powerful. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's called the setup phrase or the balancing statement. And Mm -hmm. I think I like the balancing statement because, you know, even though this is going on, this is true too. Yeah. You know, even though I just flipped somebody off, like you said, I'm choosing to accept that I was upset in that moment and I'm okay. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Well, um, before we wrap up, I have a couple more questions for you. So I know you are an avid reader and you have already recommended a couple of books, which I will be putting in the show notes, but if you were to pick, I'm going to make this really difficult for you. Okay. If you were to pick one book to recommend (laughs) and you've already recommended two, so you can pick a third. What did I recommend other than the Akashic Record book? Uh, The Brian Weiss, Many Lives, Many Masters. And you actually mentioned The Body Keeps the Score. So you've already given us three. So, I mean, you could say one of those three if you wanted to. Nope. I'm going to say a different one. It's a children's book. Ooh, what is that? It's Neil Donald Walsh's The Little Soul in the Sun. The Little Soul in the Sun? And the Sun. And the Sun. Okay. The Little Soul. The Little Soul in the the Sun. It's a beautifully illustrated book that explains our soul's choice to come here. Mm, And. And so it's supposedly for children. I can't imagine there's a child that would understand that book, quite frankly. I will say there's another one, The Little Soul in the Earth, which is beautiful to read to children because it's about telling you about how special you are and how loved you are. Mm. So the two go together. The Little Soul in the Sun is the first book. And by the way, you can cheat. You can go to YouTube and have these read to you. You don't actually have to buy them, but but I (laughs) highly recommend buying them because they're beautiful illustrated books. But yeah, and they if you go to YouTube, it's 13 minutes and 11 seconds or something. I mean, I used okay. to know exactly. So in just less than 15 minutes, you can get this perspective shift that is huge. Yeah. Okay. I love that. Okay. So I will uh, link to that in the show notes. Okay. And then where can people find you? So my website is yourtappingjourney.com. And you know, that's the website. That's kind of the main hub. But on Facebook, my group, A Journey to Self-Love, is where I'm posting positive, uplifting, supportive, caring things on a regular basis. So a little bit on Instagram, a little bit on YouTube. And I'm also on Insight Timer. And on Insight Timer, I do Insight Lives, usually 10 a.m. Eastern on Fridays. 
Not always, but most of the time you can find my 30-minute lives. I try to keep them short where we do tapping or we talk about Akashic Records. Mainly it's tapping though. And then I've got a course on Insight Timer and some meditations on there. So there's lots of options. Yes, I highly recommend looking up Ruthie on Insight Timer. That's actually, you know what, I was just thinking that's how we got connected because I yeah. was, I saw the image for your live that I attended and it was at a time that like I'm normally not available, but I saw that and I, it was like the core of my being knew that I had to be there and I had to connect with wow. you. And cool. so then, you know, we did the live and then I emailed you, but it was like, I honestly can't remember the last time that I have felt so strongly that like I've known I have to connect to this person and I didn't know why I didn't know anything about what you were doing. And now I'm like, Oh, that makes total sense. I needed Ruthie in my life. (laughs) Yay. Well, so so I know this is your show, but I'm going to take it over for a moment and say that, that I absolutely love you. You are an inspiration to me and I love your story, what you've been through, how you've grown, how you've changed. And honestly, you're an inspiration to me. So Thank you for who you are and what you do in the world. Thank you. Welcome. Very much. The love is mutual and all around. (laughs) Yay. Well, thank you so much um, for taking the time to have this conversation with me, for being willing to record it so that we can let others listen in. And I hope that it will, you know, provide whatever it is that people need to get from this that they will get. I hope so too. Yeah. Thank you. I want to thank you for listening to this podcast. You have so many options to choose from, and I love that you chose the most true you podcast. You can support the podcast by subscribing and reviewing the podcast, particularly via iTunes. You can find out more information about our guests in the show notes. And you can find out more information about me on my website at ikellyirene.com and more information about the podcast at mosttrueyoupodcast.com. Until next week, many blessings, my friends. Mm-hmm.